traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show custom built to give you everything you need to build your business on the web. WebmasterRadio.fm presents CEO Coach. From funding to finance, set up the staffing. Our CEO coaches break down the art of business development from the ground up. Now here to get you started are the experts of online business startup, management, and development. The founders of Outlines Venture Group, Jillian Music and Ann Kennedy. Welcome to CEO Coach with me, Jillian Music, co-founder of Moz and Ann Kennedy, author of Global Search Engine Marketing. And together, we are serial entrepreneurs helping online companies to launch, grow, pivot, and thrive. Find out more at outlinesventure.com. Today, we're going to be talking about a post from Andrew Hanley, McMurray TMG content marketing firm. Um, it's the largest independent content marketing agency. Hey, Ann, good morning. Good morning, and I'm so glad that we're getting a chance to talk about this post today because it's all about can you really future-proof your brand? Future-proofing your brand. Why don't you define it, Anne? What would future-proof mean? Well, there's what uh, Hanley said in his post on uh, McMurray TMG was if there's one constant in business, it's that no brand is immune to changes in market conditions. And he went on to list uh, some really big brands that have just stumbled in just this year. And we're only, you know, in a a small part of the way through this year. Um, Kellogg's, okay? Cereal for for almost 100 years. McDonald's Big Mac. Although that one might Mm. be just a hiccup, not a brand failure, because uh, the reports of uh, the Big Mac's demise were greatly exaggerated, as Mark Twain (laughs) once said. Thanks to Mark Twain, yes. (laughs) However, what is relevant Mm -hmm. to the discussion um, that I wanted to have about this is that McDonald's will be pulling the quarter pounder off the menu because... It's, who wants to say they really want a mass of meat smothered in cheese these days? It just doesn't work in the current um, way that people think in terms of health-conscious food. So that's and, actually – wait, that's actually a huge shift in the process. I mean, you know, that we always think that the health food trend is the purview of, you know, the well-to-do and those who have the time and inclination to think about such things. And that the rest of the population of the United States and certainly even around the world uh, really don't give a rip. And they just want food, not organic and this and that and the next thing. This is a major shift if people really don't want to walk in and ask for a quarter pounder. I guess the ones that spend the most really don't. Uh, Apparently, that's what's going on. Other blips with brands were Radio Shack, which is now going into... um, Yes. uh, uh, Chapter 11, yeah. Yeah, it's really sad. Uh Receivership, that's the word I was looking for. And even Whole Foods has had to redefine its uh, its approach from, you know, whole paycheck. Um, So we have to ask what's going on. And the common theme that uh, that, uh, we see in this uh, particular... uh, litany of brands that are are stumbling is relevance or rather lack of relevance 
And okay, so some yeah. of the examples, right? Um, Kellogg's, right? They're still yep. pushing, if you will, sugary and refined carbohydrate-laden cereals. All right, so not whole grains and things like that. All right, so the bit with a quarter pounder, we just talked about that, and that would be a major shift if large portions of the population, um, not just, you know, the hoity-toity and the white collars, are actually rethinking the kinds of foods they want to put in their bodies. Right now, we're and, seeing a could think a continuing increase in obesity in the U.S. population, but perhaps that's turning the corner, and that's what McDonald's is seeing. And certainly, I would say at Radio Shack, they failed to um, kind of sense where the market was going. But then Best Buy has the same problem, and I don't know if they're going to be able to solve it either. Right, and that's shopping online, especially for technology products, rather than shopping in shops. Indeed, and one of the uh, the big problems with Radio Shack is that the market that they grew up on, that they cut their teeth on and really built, was the. Uh, you remember the Heath kits and the the yes. kids who would build their own radios. Well, oh my gosh, I did it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you did. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, my dad. And you're a girl. <laughs> so, but the point I was is indeed. <laughs> yeah. But the point is that the they that market doesn't exist anymore. The young people aren't doing that. They're buying, you know, ready-made electronics and Radio Shack kind of lost its way and now they're being acquired by a cell phone company say to yes keep and the no. stores yes. open. Right. I would say yes and no, Anne. Um, my youngest son, Evan, um, is a tech geek and a gamer, and he and many, many of his colleagues are building their own machines still. I was just helping Evan build one in, I guess it was early January this year. Um, I was down at his place for hours at a time as we put stuff together. So this is actually getting the case and getting the components, this and that. The difference is they do not need to go into a shop to discuss it with someone else to purchase it. They discuss it with each other, so they have a community of discussion because that's kind of part of the experience, talking to the pros type of thing. But now you have peer pros, and they're part of your community online, and then you go out and you purchase the item from any number of vendors online, and it basically is all about the the almighty buck. Why would you pay more for it if you can get exactly the same brand and product elsewhere for less? And that's within reason. They do have some brand loyalties, and they'll do things like buy the whole darn, I don't know, interiors or whatever from... Best Buy and so on. But if Best Buy doesn't have exactly what they want, yeah, well, we will go outside and get it from somewhere else. All I'm saying is the experience of being in the shop is now experienced online um, through chat boxes and uh, I don't know, through even voice uh, communications. I hear them talking about it while these guys are playing games. So huge differences are happening, shifts in the system. Right. And this brings me around to one of our favorite topics. The internet has changed everything, and in yeah, terms no of kidding. brands, right? You know, I mean, you know, where do you and I work? We work at the internet, uh, but the the internet has changed brands in such a significant way. Particularly, you mentioned chat boxes, uh, conversing with with the, their communities and their friends. Well, there's an interesting study that uh, found that. Uh, it's Price Waterhouse Cooper that showed that eighty percent of customers look at reviews before a major purchase. So the the computers, the uh, consumers are way more um, informed than ever, and they're li- less likely to stick to a brand just because they've seen the logo. As, Wait a minute, Apple, to- Apple included. Well, Apple. Ah, you know, how can you argue with eighty-seven percent brand loyalty to the iPhone? You know, how can yeah, you well, argue that? Right. Culture habit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Culture habit. So, 
Yeah, and there is that habit, changing things. You know, the path of least resistance is not to change the process. And um, I think we talked about this on the show uh, just months ago when I finally moved over to a Google Android. And it's when Apple changed its interface so significantly that I said, you know what? If I have to learn a new interface, I'm just going to go learn a different interface. It wasn't going to be another Apple interface. I looked at it and went, this looks like an Android for heaven's sake. And I moved over and I tested out the Android for the first time. I don't know that I won't return to Apple. I don't know that I'll stick with Androids, but it was what pushed me over the edge. So the path of least resistance is to keep things similar. Interesting stuff. Yeah, very interesting. And, you know, also um, not long ago we had Farrah Bostick from the Difference Engine talking about brand loyalty, which she defines it's just a habit. Um, the brands yes. can lose customers to whatever the new shiny object is. And in some ways, that kind of supports uh, what you're saying about, wow, now the iPhone looks more like an Android. You know, it's, it's an uh, interesting, right. interesting idea. So I think the fundamental uh, point as we wind down this first segment of this show is, is that uh, the customers really are in the driver's seat. And that has an enormous impact on brands. And um, as uh, uh, Jay Bayer told us in December, when we interviewed him about utility, you have to, brands have to ask, what can we do for the customers, not what can uh, they do for our business, which is kind of right. like 20th century thinking, what, what can the customers do for us? Uh, yes, right. And it really is the other way around. It's no longer one to the many. It's one to the one and among the ones they discuss it, uh, you. So it becomes difficult. Now, remember, uh, J- uh, Jason Bear is spelled B as in boy, A-E-R. So Jason Bear, in case you want to look him up. And Utility, his book, is called Y-O-U-Tility. Makes sense. And so Y-O-Utility. We'll be- and we'll be putting links to all of this um, on the Facebook page so that people can oh, yes. find the Facebook.com. Right. Facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. Again, Facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. Get in there, check it out. You'll find links to what we've been talking about. This is Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. ShipStation helps online retailers ship orders faster. It's so easy to set up and use. 
ShipStation gives you tools to automatically import, manage, and ship your orders in the most cost-efficient way. Save money with the best USPS rates possible, as well as a free USPS account. ShipStation integrates with all the most popular e-commerce platforms and shipping carriers. Get shipping done no matter where you sell or how you ship. WebmasterRadio.fm listeners get an additional 30 days free after the free 30-day trial. Go to ShipStation.com slash WebmasterRadio now. Shipping Nirvana starts here. We're back with Julian Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to CEO Coach. We're talking about whether you can actually future-proof your brand. Uh, Some really established companies seem to be losing their grip on customers. Others seem to be able to future-proof. So, Ann, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that, uh, as we were just talking in the last segment, that, uh, um, you know, the customers really are in the driver's seat. And what is the impact on brands if customers now um, have the ability to find out information quickly on the Internet, to share stuff with their friends and uh, make uh, uh, purchases that are not necessarily based on brand loyalty? Ernst & Young did a study uh, last year that showed that only 25% of U.S. consumers uh, make decisions based on a brand loyalty. So, how do you how do you build a brand that that lasts? One of my favorite sources is Mark Hurst over at GoodExperience.com, and he's it's very simple. He said, "Ask them, ask your customers what they want," and so that kind of gets you down in the weeds. You know, get your knuckles into it, find out what what they're doing. Um, so that there would was, beg the, yeah. but but that would beg the requirement for a community, and you and I talk about that all the time, right? You start with a corporate culture, which is a community of the people inside the company who feel a certain way about the world itself and how to build something and what's important, and then you spread that out, and those who agree with you come and become your customers, and those who agree with you and remain as your customers and so on become your community, and then finally you have somebody to ask. You can't just kind of get out there, put an ad in the paper, and say, "Hey, what do you think, guys? Who's listening?" Well, I think the, so there's a the, lot the of point work behind it. There, well, yeah, guess what? It's a lot of work. Yeah. You, can't, yeah. you can't just have your graphic designers, although I love graphic designers, sitting back there making pretty logos anymore. That doesn't do the trick. Um, so your your point really is well taken that you build a brand community, um, and they those people in that community, those customers will become your advocates. They will become your brand ambassadors for you. Um, and those, that's the core group you want to be asking, you know, um, you want to be mm-hmm. communicating with. Right. So, so there are two, but there are two pieces that we should look at here. And one is if you have such a community of people that like your brand at the moment and they will t- respond to you if you ask questions. You could say, hey, that's gold. What you do is you ask them and they will help you not only know whether your stuff is good at the moment, but they will tell you what to build next. It's what they want next. That makes all kinds of sense until you look at Apple. Right. Steve Jobs said, they can't even imagine what I know they need. Exactly. Right. So So, how do you manage it then? I think it's not as simple as just asking them, do you want a phone that's a little computer that you can carry in your pocket? Because before right. the iPhone, which, who among us thought that we could even get our heads around that idea of that's right. what we 
that we now carry something in our pocket that has more um, tech in it than Apollo 13. So that, That's right. So, yes, I, I keep thinking about that, right? We sent people to the moon with less power than sits in our pocket on a daily basis. But who would have thought that the Internet itself would be so ubiquitous and hotspots would be everywhere and that uh, the Wi-Fi sent through on our cell phone services would be sufficient that in cities around the world, never mind in rural areas as well, in many places, right, you can get enough service that it makes sense to put that little computer into your pocket and carry it around and use it. So, you know, all those circle, things. Didn't I exist. want to circle back to a question that you asked, mm-hmm. um, uh, is, is how do we do this? How do brands do this? And um, mm-hmm. there was an interview on McKenzie with Lorraine Tuhill, who's the senior VP mm. of Glo- global marketing at Google. Now, there's a company that knows a thing or two about branding and failing fast uh, because they throw a lot at the wall and the Google graveyard is littered with uh, projects that they tried and dropped quickly. And one of of the things that she points out on this, um, uh, on this topic of how do you know, how do you, how do you do that? She said, you need to um, know your customers and you need to know the magic and then connect the two. So what am I talking about? The magic, you're knowing your customers, pretty obvious. Um, But the magic is what she says is what's in the hearts and minds of your engineers? What are they building? And if you can create the, if you can connect those two between what your customers, understanding your customers and how you can help them, and that's different from what they can do for you, as we said in the previous segment, and then know the magic of what the engineers, who are very creative people, um, what they're building, then you create relevance to your marketplace. Absolutely. I'm going to backtrack a little bit for those who were curious about what the uh, Google graveyard looks like. It was Google Reader. It went from 2004 to 2013. had quite a lifestyle. Okay, but in 2013, yeah. they dished it. And then it was iGoogle went from 2005 to 2013 as well. They ditched several things that year. The Google Labs, 2002 to 2011. Google Wave, 2009 to 12. And Google Video, 2005 to 2012. So, you know, quite a lot of stuff sitting around. And that's just kind of the cream of the crop. That's the stuff that we actually got to know about. Some stuff they ditched before they ever got that far. It's, yeah, and who knew? But uh, that that's an important um, element to know when to to uh, when to ditch a product and not put any more resources into it. <laughs> and are you telling us to know when to hold them and know when to fold them? That's the one. <laughs> Kenny Rogers had it right. <laughs> there you go. All right. Who knew he was a techie? <laughs> Who knew he was? He was a a, a, a visionary. <laughs> so, right. so here's Indeed. the question: How do you know? Um, what what's the difference today that that makes it possible to for Google or any other company to develop uh, this intelligence really quickly, and it's data, and data is what allows us, um, as uh, uh, Tuhill said, data allows us to demonstrate the impact in a much more transparent way. It's measurable, and at Google they focus on that a lot, um, and that it, and and I love the way that uh, Andrew Henley. At, in the blog post that we were referring to before, put it, there's nothing that pairs with gut instinct better than a gut punch of data. (laughs) Well said. Well said. Okay, so which brands are going to endure? What's going to stick with us? And why? Those are really good 
things to unwrap. I I keep going back to IBM. You know, IBM's been around since World War II, you know, yes. a long time. Um, in the 1990s, I heard Louis Gerstner say out loud, they always cannibalize their own products before the competition does. And Cannibalization of your own product. What does that's that look right. like? Well, in the PC division, back when IBM owned the PC division, before they sold it off to Lenovo, um, that meant that they had 90 days to sell a new model at full price. And after that, they'd start taking price cuts. And by 180 days, there was a newer model that had come out. Mm, okay. So, so cannibalization of your own model is not just around pricing structure, but around the constant iteration and improvement of the same product. And staying vigilant about new products. Uh, IBM is now as much into machine learning as, or maybe even more, than Google is. I mean, look at this. There was the chess player. Now there's Watson. You know, it just goes on and on and on. And then the other thing is, I keep coming back to IBM for 22 years has filed, has won more patents than any other company. That's right. Filing a patent and winning it are two different things. Yeah. And um, actually, you've put a note into our uh, you know show here today, and it says th- seven thousand five hundred and thirty-four patents were won by IBM in twenty fourteen. And the comparable oh my numbers gosh. for Google and Apple, who were next in line, were yep. down in the in the two thousands. So a third. And that's just for twenty fourteen. Yep. And every year they have they have won two, three, four times as many patents as any other company. So I think that the that goes back to the engineering, the focus on constant improvement, constant engineering, constant keeping um, your eye out. Now here's the difference: fifty years ago, thirty years ago, those patents were for hardware, and yeah. now they are for. Uh, Mostly software. So clearly moving with the times is uh, future-proofing a brand. Okay. So there will be cycles in which you say there is a, um, a resurgence of uh, moving to new hardware, right? I mean, we used to make things out of wood, and then there were things out of metals, and then there, you know, and so on, and there were fiber optics, and things changed dramatically. And now we're about to look at things all around software, saying, well, now we have an infrastructure of hardware to look at. So that's pretty cool. But there will come a time again when suddenly the hardware looks different again. We're going to take another break here at CEO Coach. We come back, we're going to wrap up with some hot tips on what do you do about it as a CEO? How do you future-proof your company? This is Jillian Nissing with Ann Kennedy. We'll be right back. More on how to get your business on the web with CEO Coach after this. Introducing Rumble, the smart mobile management system, the first end-to-end mobile platform where you can make real-time app modifications from a point-and-click dashboard. Want to change the design of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the ad map of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Want to change the content mix of your app? Point-click, and it's live in real-time. Power your mobile business with Rumble. Are you ready to rumble? Visit www.rumble.me. InternetMarketingINC.com is one of the fastest-growing full-service digital marketing agencies in the country, specializing in providing results-driven online marketing solutions. Internet Marketing Inc.'s passionate team 
prides themselves on staying ahead of marketing trends to create and implement campaigns that get more traffic to your website, gain positive brand awareness, and drive conversions. If you are looking for a data-driven approach to online marketing and advertising, call Internet Marketing Inc. today at 866-563-0620 or visit internetmarketinginc.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. We're back with Julia Music and Ann Kennedy on CEO Coach, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back, Ann. Hey, Jillian. This All right. is a fascinating chat about how to future-proof your brands. And I saw that you uh, recently in a presentation talked about a few well-known brands and how they have stayed current. You want to run through those? Well, let's see. Some well-known brands. Um, mm-hmm. I would say that, you know what? I don't even remember what I was talking about, Ed. You tell me. Oh, how about, <laughs> what okay, did I mention? Give, me, give me your uh, airlines. Airlines, absolutely. Um, okay, so in staying, yeah, in staying current, uh, I would say that that it isn't again just about the hardware, but also about the software, and then about the focus on the requirements of the customer. So those are all the things that you talked about during the show. If we take a look, for example, at uh, the airline industry, they have to focus not only on what they're going to build in terms of uh, you know the uh, airplanes that they're sending today, but they have to look to the future path of things like the cost of fuel, um, new markets being opened. There was a time when airplanes would fly you know, several hundred miles. There was a time when they could fly a few thousand, and then at some point it took the leap and they were able to go over the ocean and do so not only with um, product, you know, with, with uh, storage capacity, but also with humans, obviously, which is, you know, a, a, a more uh, tenuous kind of thing to do. You ought to make sure that it gets to the other side without dropping them in the water. So those kinds of things were major leaps in terms of deciding now what kind of machines would be available. Fuel efficiencies became terribly important as the cost of fuel uh, began to rise. They still remain very, very important. Uh, getting more people into the same space. Uh, makes a difference. How an airline fills out its interior is not the decision of the airline manufacturer, right, of the airplane manufacturer. You can specify anything you wish, but making available those kinds of uh, uh, structures so that it can be done in ways that meet the future needs is a changing deal. Okay, so... So, Um, all that said, how does an airline like Southwest hang on to its brand? Okay, so hanging on to its brand would have... um, And its customers. Right, a different connotation. Isn't it the culture? 
Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, we talk about that all the time. Again, you build the culture and then you get yourself a community and the community tells you what's up. Um, the culture of Southwest itself, um, now they were at the next level, not building the planes, but rather building the airline itself. And they didn't have much that was different to offer than something like Ryanair or many others that were offering cut rate uh, fares. Southwest survived and thrived, you know, by making fun of itself. If you say, As you say, you cannibalize your own product. In this case, you own your own uh, accusations. You know, peanuts. We fly for peanuts. And that's all they were going to give you. That's at a time when full meal service was always available on other planes. They led the pack on that one. Now, whether they change that in the future, I don't know, but I somehow doubt it. That's not the point anymore. They created something that said, uh, kind of, our community of people wishes to fly, but either cannot afford the higher prices of our competitors or doesn't wish to pay that. And so we all get in there together. The idea that you would choose your own seat by uh, groups and so on. Again, quite the deal. On the flip side, I think that they're future-proofing themselves by saying, well, our clients really enjoyed this, but I think they're getting a little tired of it. They're sensing that, and so now you can purchase for a few more bucks your own assigned seat, and then you get into that assigned seat early, and everybody else kind of goes in on the cattle call. So all of these things iterate over time, and it has to do with sensing where your customers are in terms of loving it or getting tired of it. Still, they they never lost sight of their culture of fun, family, and frugality. That is correct. They kept that as the rudder in the water, um, but that wouldn't necessarily future-proof them, right? The fun, the family, and the frugality can be there. The question is, what things can you offer within the scope of getting somebody from point A to point B that can change over time and still maintain enough profitability for the company? And the way they found out to do that were things like being able to purchase uh, the, the seat in advance and other little perks that can give them, uh, if you will, a few extra dollars per passenger if the passenger wants to pay it and giving them the choice turns out to be one of those hard line things that could be added to that fun family and frugality okay let's let's look at something a little closer to home um how about, how about rubbermaid? ma oh, no, rubbermaid right in my kitchen sink yes that's, that's right in too. your kitchen sink right now that one continues to go through really good times and recessionary times it changes its technology and it goes across all socioeconomic strata. Their diversification of product lines is extraordinary, right? So what they say is we don't make this, you know, Rubbermaid stuff that we all think of as the Tupperware. They make a tremendous line of products and what they think they're really good at and what they are good at is to have, if you will, um, a good eye for where to put resources. And that says you know, where is the market headed in these home um, products, you know, the home economics of, of putting things together there. So Rubbermaid, you should go check them out at, you know, Rubbermaid.com. Go see all the things they make. Okay, we're going to wrap up here um, at CEO Coach and um, we can talk about a number of other companies as we move forward, but uh, I would counsel you all to check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash CEO Coach Podcast. You'll find links to loads of the things we've been talking about here today, the articles, um, certainly some of the companies, and so on. So check it out, CEO Coach slash podcast at Facebook, of course. We'll be back next week with another show. 
We'd like to thank our producers at webmasterradio.fm for their continuing support. You can download these shows through webmasterradio.fm, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and so many other places around the web. You can find these uh, links and more, of course, at our Facebook page. We hope you'll stop by and hit the like button so we know you're out there. Tell us what you'd like to hear about on CEO Coach and who you'd like to have us interview. Thanks for joining us. I'm Jillian Music with Ann Kennedy. You can find out about how we help companies launch, grow, pivot, and thrive at outlinesventure.com. Till next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.